Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy. I am glad to have you with me for another exciting episode of the show. With me today, I have Rich Altemis, and I'm probably butchering his name because I, I wrote it down wrong, and now it's been inside my head. That's the, the psychological games that I'm playing with, but either way, Rich, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing fantastic. Um, it's an early morning start, so, you know, I'm always anthem. It's actually a beautiful sun, sunny day here in uh, Southern California. And I will tell you that, uh, honestly, my last name has been butchered for my entire life, so don't don't worry about that at all. There, were, I'll make sure it's spelled correctly in the show notes, at least. Yeah, no, uh, no, that's okay. As long, know, as, we, honestly, as long as we get it typed out right, we'll make sure that it, it, it's, it's correct there for you, man. It's funny because it's the uh, it, I usually go to the AKA now, which is the sugar free rich gimmick. So that's a little bit easier. But either way, we let it run, which is perfect. There we go. There we go. And well, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk more about that definitely as yeah. we get into Rich's story. So let's let's not hesitate. Let's get right into it, man. Answer that first question. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Uh, well, I mean, to start about, I think it was about. Five days ago, I just hit the 200-pound uh, weight loss mark, um, and that was uh, me beginning my journey back in uh, June of uh, 2019, so in 10 months, which was uh, honestly uh, way faster than I could ever imagine um, in getting to that place. But uh, I'll be honest with you, I've been a, a big guy my whole life. Um, I grew up, my family's got a restaurant back in New Jersey, and um, you know, I got started in that very early. And um, you know, I was Italian, half Italian, half uh, Arabic family, so just phenomenal cooking around all the time. And, um, you know, my parents were always working, and I was with my grandparents, and they loved to just keep feeding you to that point where you just had that smile on your face all day. And uh, I'll be honest with you, food has been, um, you know, a part of my life since since a kid. And, you know, I had to, uh, you know, kind of revisit my relationship with it because, I, you know, I did get to a place where um, the first clock and weight I had back in, in June was uh, – uh, 430 pounds. And, um, it was tough to see it cause I didn't necessarily believe I had gotten that big, but, um, but I knew it. And that, uh, honestly, I probably got uh, the height weight was probably about 450 pounds, but, um, right now I'm 228 thrilled. You know, I have a, uh, a new lease on life and, uh, I'll be honest with you. It's been, uh, honestly just, uh, 10 months full of, you know, just one miracle after the next. So a lot, a lot of good over this time. That's great, man. And really like, let's, before we get to what's been happening for you for the past 10 months, like let's really, because what, what I think is, is interesting for people is, you know, what do you think led to you seeing 430 pounds on the scale? Like you talk about, you know, your food being around, but a lot of people are around food and don't end up over 400 pounds. Like, what do you think it is that, that affected you that eventually led you to that place? Like you, you said you you know you had big had been you know on the bigger side when you were younger. Had you always been like that really chubby kid? Like where where did it all develop for you, man? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know when I when I look back on it, um, you know from the time I was in you know third fourth grade, I was always you know the the heaviest kid in class. I would be uh, I had my my last name starts with an A, so it was always crazy when you talk about like those like first few days of school when you're in gym class and you'd have to. Uh, you know, kind of get weighed in front of the whole class type thing. And, um, you know, I'll never forget. They always had to, there was like two kids ahead of me, but they would always have to like move the bigger, like weight of that, like, you know, that old school scale, they'd have to move that bigger weight over, um, into like that 250 range in, in like, you know, third and fourth grade. And, um, you know, I had, uh, reached 300 when I was, uh, 
when I was in like sixth grade, roughly. And then I, I just carried that weight for a long time. And, um, you know, it, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I always a relationship, um, you know, with food was, was based around like every emotion. Right. So, you know, not only were you just, you know, eating when you were happy, right. Or to celebrate something, but you know, if you felt sad or you were, you know, upset about something, um, you'd always, you'd always tie it back to food. Thankfully it wasn't like booze for me or, you know, drugs or anything like that. But, um, you know, for me, it was always like just, you know, sweets and, you know, living in, in a realm of just, uh, you know, my family had a fried chicken and pizza restaurant. So you were eating that, you know, since you were, since you were a child, you know, it's my two favorite foods in the world. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, for me, it was, um, not, I don't think a scenario where I was ever like super self-conscious of it just cause I was always a big kid. Um, I just ran into a scenario where, um, you know, I, I started to feel my health, um, begin to deteriorate a little bit. And, um, you know, when I think about like, you know, some of the decisions that I was making through time, you know, and, and as you have this moments to reflect, um, especially like in this quarantine and, and times right now, I think it's crazy just to think that like, you know, my relationship with food and, you know, my, my, my binge eating and, and the things that I would do, like, you know, pretty much from when I was like 18 years old is when I really started to do that, like that, like binge eating mentality where like, you know, I would be, uh, you know, kind of on my own, um, you know, and I would, I would pull into drive throughs before going out to dinner, you know, with my family, or I would run into a scenario where, you know, like I would kind of plan my schedule with work, uh, when I was living with roommates for a time where like a lot of them work nine to fives. And, you know, I had this reflection yesterday that I, I would make sure that my schedule for work would give me like a day off during the week, just so I could have one day where there was no one around where I knew that I could kind of like, you know, just go at whatever food I wanted for a while. And, you know, it's like crazy to reflect on that because um, those are like tough moments that you kind of like block out a little bit over time. But um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where now that my relationship with food is like, you know, a little bit more um, in line with what it would be like related to like proper nutrition, I think it's like, you know, I could kind of revisit some of those moments. And um, I've always had like this beautiful relationship with it because I was always the guy that you know, if you needed a food recommendation or, you know, you wanted to go out to dinner, you'd be like, oh, hit up Rich, you know, and, and, and then I'd always like I'd always deliver, you know. But, um, you know, I got to a point where, uh, you know, some of the events that happened in 2018 um, led me to kind of balloon up and, you know, like really rely on, you know, like the easiest foods to get where, you know, like for me, it wasn't going to the supermarket to cook anything. It was just ordering out every day. And it was, um, you know, kind of just relying on Postmates, things like that to kind of bring you the things that you know, warm your heart, warm your heart type stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, you kind of make the realization that, you know, eventually you're, you, this is all going to catch up to you. And, um, that's kind of what happened to me in, in, uh, May of 2019 before starting the journey is I, uh, I started to fall ill, um, pretty often. And, um, I didn't necessarily know why, um, but, uh, you know, I needed help and, you know, I was able to get that through, you know, a lot of resources that were able to kind of get me on the right track. And what, because you, you, you specifically said that there were some things that happened in 2018 that kind of pushed you into a darker place with your eating. Like, what was going on? Yeah, well, I um I had always been, like, very center ground, like, my friends and my family. And, um you know, in 2018, uh, I will tell you, uh, one of one of my buddies, he uh, he did run into um, an issue that uh, forced him, like, basically to, to have to move back to New Jersey. And we, we were all, I was all living out here um, in LA with uh, like three of my best friends I grew up with. And um, just a life event happened that uh, kind of like, 
you know, took away some of the, some of the dreams and hopes that we had like planned to do together. And, um, you know, we also lost our dog, like our, our dog had passed away. And, um, you know, so it was like, uh, you know, just kind of like a year of loss. Like if you think about it, like dreams kind of get subsided and, you know, just like your living situation changes where then, oh, wow, you're like left kind of on your own. And then, um, the sad part is, you know, like right at the end of when everybody's ready to go, um, we ran into a scenario where, uh, our, our dog had passed away. And I know that sounds sad, but he was like the link, um, like that one thing that like, you know, with, cause we had gotten that house together with, um, you know, like the, within the first week got that dog and then the poor guy, he uh, ended up passing away, like within the week that we were ending up, uh, kind of everybody splitting up and all that. And, you know, I was kind of in a place where, um, you know, I had these, um, you know, these, these, these poor eating habits and, um, you know, it was one of those things where then you like compound it with like all these different like stress elements. And I got, just got to a place where, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it, 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 you know, it got to be tough. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm just curious, like knowing that you, you grew up around food, you know, with a family having a restaurant and kind of like that feeding atmosphere and all of those things, like, was your family ever concerned about your weight or was it just like an accepted part of, of who you were? You know, so um, we were all uh, with a few exceptions and like my cousins, but a lot of us did uh, struggle with our weight. Um, never, no one as big as no one as big as I was, um, you know, uh, it, it was one of those things where I kind of, uh, you know, just let it go type mentality. But for me, it was one of those things where, um, the family itself, like one of my cousins, he would, he would definitely like poke at me and be like, Oh, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. You got to do it. And, um, you know, you just like brush it off cause you know, it never really affected you when you were young. Um, and then, you know, you kind of are told throughout the process from like your friends, your family, um, you know, that like when you hit 30, it's going to be like a wall. It's going to be really tough. You're going to wake up one morning when you're 30, you're never going to, you're never going to realize like all this stuff that you've done to your body is going to affect you. And, you know, little did I know that when I turned 30 years old, I was going to kind of hit that first wall where like, you know, you kind of feel that like drain of your energy and things like that. And they were right. I would still to this day text would be like, I don't know how you knew, you know, jokingly. But um, yeah, for me, it was one of those things where uh, I, I usually live in like a very positive and, you know, I, I always like you're, you're there for people type mentality. Really, I would prioritize people over myself a lot of the time. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, that kind of leads to a scenario where, you know, you could grow a, a nice, beautiful network of people, but then it becomes really tough where people just want to sugarcoat everything to you. So um, no one would ever want to tell me, hey, it would be advised to do that because they knew that I loved food. So why would they want to take that away from me? But um, you yeah, just have to make that realization at one point that, that you have to repair that relationship that you have with um, something that you love, sometimes you just have to revisit, you know, kind of how you're approaching it. I think so. Man. And, and I think that you, you just hit on something that I think is really a commonality that I've, I've discovered through talking to all, all the guys that I've interviewed on this show. Like we all, you know, a lot of us, not everyone, you know, not, not everyone goes down this path, but a lot of, a lot of guys that end up with, with real weight problems are those people that focus more on taking care of other people. And, you know, it's almost like we medicate ourselves with food while we're doing the actual work to take care of other people. Like, so instead of actually, you know, turning that that eye on ourselves, like you're, you're there to support other people and be there for them and do whatever's needed for that other person. But when it comes to ourselves, like 
you know, we don't want to be as critical. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to take a, as hard of a look as we might need to, where, where it's easier just to keep enjoying the food, you know, keep enjoying that life. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think even on the other side of that is like, like you said, when you care so much for people, you've always been like that ear or that like kind of like shoulder to cry on type mentality. And then the hard part is, is that like, you know, you become this great listener but sometimes you almost like fear bringing up what you're struggling with yourself, you know? And, um, I, especially as like a, a male, sometimes it can be hard to like discuss some of those things. Um, you know, where like, you know, you don't necessarily want to be like, like I'm not big and strong cause big and strong is good. Right. Like, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things where if it starts to affect how you feel, right. Like that's really all it comes down to. Like, no matter how you like, look is one thing of course it's great to look really really good but it's really just how you ultimately feel at the end of the day that should be the driving force and how you you know kind of approach your relationship with your health and you know with nutrition and things like that and and you said that it was may of last year that you started actually to see some health effects were there specific health problems growing up or uh, not growing up showing up or was it more just like kind of like in general you were kind of getting hit with a couple things back to back yeah, you know what it was. Is I had, um, I had the health issues I was facing were a scenario where like I would get a common cold and it would just like put me in bed, like it would just knock me out, or I would get like stomach issues and I would just end up in, uh, I would just end up like bedridden, you know, for like a couple of days, and I would call out from work, and um, you know, I kind of ran into a scenario where you know that started to then affect my mental health because I was like, what's going on? But I was also um, one of those guys that I hate to say, like I hadn't been to the doctor in probably like 10 or 12 years. Like I would tell people I would go and that everything was good, but I was like, so afraid of going to the doctor, you know, that, um, I ran into a situation, um, where after like I had fallen ill, um, just full transparency, like, you know, I was ready to like quit my job and, you know, kind of just revisit what it was like for what I did for work just to, you know, kind of try to like change things up to see if that's, what's going to be the catalyst that helps me to, um, kind of changed some of the behaviors that I had. And, you know, I had kind of like asked the universe, like, you know, laying in bed one day, I was like, Hey, I need help. Like, is, is it possible I can get some help? And, um, little did I know that, uh, you know, when I put that out into the universe that I'd have, uh, somebody help to be on the other line, like somebody picked up that call and, um, it kind of led me, um, through a couple events to, uh, you know, this uh, training facility that, um, you know, kind of helped me to be able to begin my like physical health journey. Um, this facility called Dog Pound that's out here in Los Angeles and they have a facility that's in New York City and it's like one-on-one -on -one personal training. But beyond that, um, I had a chance to be able to sit down and, and meet the owner um, through a buddy of mine um, who led to build that relationship. And he uh, opened up this gym, but he uh, he actually was a big dude, uh, you know, back in the day and he had ended up losing like you know, 120, 130 pounds and then wanted to live a life through uh, helping people with their health and um, long story short, I'll, I'll tell you that, uh, after meeting him is, you know, when I started to like take care of my physical health, they were like, oh, you know, you should probably go to the doctor. And I was like, all right, you know, I, I probably should. And when I went, I had found out that I, uh, that I had an issue with my liver. So my liver was overworking and, uh, it's fatty liver, not caused by, um, uh, like alcohol or anything like that. It was just all like literally based on the fat that was surrounding it from what I was eating. And, um, you know, when you have that issue happen, it's, um, you know, I hate to say like it begins to affect your entire body. Right. So, you know, I was pre-diabetic and obviously, you know, I was, I was, uh, like to them, you know, uh, you know, morbidly obese or obese is what you want to say. Cause I was probably pushing like 450 at the time. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, you know, had to go get all checked out and, and, you know, it was hooked up to machines and things that like, I was just like, yo, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And, um, you know, I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta just commit. I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to make a change. And, um, you know, I was blessed with a lot of things after that, that continued to kind of help me be able to get this journey going. But the, I think the big thing was that, um, you know, for me, it was, it was the liver and then the pre-diabetic and that whole ex- experience of what it was like going to the doctor um, that helped kind of like scare me, you know what I mean? Like scared the hell out of me. So I was like, I got to do something about this. And um, from there, it was just a commitment that uh, I, I had to take care of my health as the priority. So let's talk about that, man. Like, let, let's switch into that, that kind of yeah leg of your journey. Like, so you, you talked about, you know, getting involved with, with the training and, you know, getting mm-hmm. your health checked out. Like, so how did it all really get started for you that you actually, you know, kind of committed to your weight loss journey? Yeah. So, um, after I had a chance to sit down with, uh, with the owner of that facility at, at dog pound, um, it was uh, a situation where I was kind of like, cause I hate to say like dog pounds kind of got like an, like an upscale clientele and like, you know, it's like a, it's like a celebrity gym, you know, but, um, uh, long story short, my buddy, uh, you know, um, he was able to, like I said, give me a chance to, to meet that owner. Um, and you know, he just has the kindest heart, you know, and I was even said to him, cause I was so big. I was like, are you sure you want me running around in the gym? And he's like, no, no, no. He like laughing. He's like, yeah, you know, just please, you know, you know, come in and, and, uh, and, and come be a part of this experience. And, you know, from the moment that I went in there, um, I just, I just fell in love with the atmosphere and, you know, the trainers were incredibly kind and welcoming and, you know, and me being like a people person, um, I was surrounded by other people that cared for people. So it was kind of like a natural fit, you know, and, um, for me, I had, you know, a couple experiences in a gym, never like ever a commitment to it at all, like throughout my life. But I grew up in Jersey and like, you know, you have that like Jersey shore mentality. So all my, all my homies were like all big dude, like Jack dudes, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and I was mm. just like the, I was like the, you know, the, the fat guy was always with him, just making him laugh. And like, you know, if I ever needed, if I ever said something dumb, they would always be there to, uh, you know, to have my back. But, you know, long story short, um, you know, when I was at that dog pound, um, they kind of were there with me, just kind of keeping an eye on every movement I made. Right. And for me, it just started with simple things like, you know, get up, get on the ground and stand up, get on the ground, stand up. Or, you know, you just do things that are familiar to you, like, you know, getting on like an assault bike or and riding a bike, uh, you know, um, you know, inter- intervals between some, you know, strength training things for, you know, just shoulder workouts and working with kettlebells, things like that, that, uh, were very, 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 um, basic things to start, um, very low impact. Right. And even to this day, the crazy thing is like, you know, I, it's 200 pounds that I've lost, but, um, you know, I've never been on a treadmill. Like the only thing I do is I go, you know, I'll, I'll hike on my own outside of it. But, um, at dog pound, they never put me on a treadmill one time. It was just like designed to be, um, you know, like sled work, things like that. But, um, you know, I was blessed to have personal trainers. And, um, from that moment, I then was able to shift and, you know, really focus my energy on nutrition and, uh, portion control was like where I had to kind of begin. Right. So I had to kind of like start understanding, you know, maybe don't restrict what you eat, but how much you eat and how long it takes you to eat it. Um, so I really started to begin focusing on, um, you know, like kind of just shrinking down, uh, you know, what the portions were. And, um, I had a friend who gave me, uh, access to like a, like a, like to a promo code or discount code for, um, a company that, uh, like it was a uh, mega fit meals, I think is what I started with. And, 
Um, they would ship them to the house. They would get like, you know, uh, three meals a day, seven days a week. And it would just arrive and, and made it easy. The hard part was, is that like, I uh, would always choose what seemed to be like the worst option. <laughs> like they, like it seemed to me to be the one that was like the burger or something like that, that actually had a bun. And it was like, ah, oh, this is no good. Like, you know, so I kind of shifted. And I said to myself, you know what? Like you grew up cooking. You love, I love to cook. It's like my favorite thing to do. It's just instead of maybe cooking like, you know, baked ziti, lasagnas and chicken parms, like and pizza. Why don't you just like shift it and, you know, start to like look at how I can begin to cook things that are like relatively healthy or at least like start that process of making something that's similar uh, to the meals that I would get directly from that company because when it's fresh, it's delicious, you know. So um, for me, it was like, you know, you go to Trader Joe's like three or four times a week, you'd be able to kind of get um, you know, your, your protein, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, a considerable amount of rice in the beginning would be, I'd be the side. So it was like, um, low carb, low fat, high protein diet. So just like, you know, you'd kind of hone in on, um, a protein. So usually like ground Turkey or, you know, you'd have some beef, but mostly it was like a lot of ground Turkey and chicken. And then, um, you would have, uh, like white rice and a vegetable. And that would probably be what you consume two meals out of the day. Um, and it was just restricting calories, right? So portions and calories and um, like I said, for me, it was just, that was the nutritional part. But then the crazy part was, you know, as I was going through the beginning stages of this, I started to, you know, hear a little bit more and more about my health and things like that. And and that really like kind of affected my mental. So, um, you know, I was in that scenario still with my job and, you know, I had worked for Apple at that point for about like nine years, roughly. Um, I was just celebrating that nine year mark and I'd been there for a long time. I was managing a store here in Los Angeles and, uh, I'll be honest with you, like, you know, as I was going through some of that process um, of going to the doctor and, you know, kind of just starting the whole journey, um, the company actually, uh, you know, I had one of the leaders, like the woman who overall ran the store, um, and I'll never forget her because she was one of my angels. She, you know, she was like, hey, why don't you go take some time um, off of work to take care of yourself? And I was like, no way. This is like the craziest thing. There's not no way that that can happen. But um, believe it or not, Apple um, allowed me not only to just take some time away from work, but they also gave me like phenomenal resources uh, to help with uh, with my mental health too. So I was able to go see some therapists and, and things like that through that process in the beginning and um, like completely invaluable to be able to continue that journey and know that, you know, you had so many resources and so many things that helped you um, to be able to kind of, you know, just get started. And, uh, like I said, it was, it was just a miracle, one miracle after the next. That's pretty fantastic to hear, you know, get that, that, get that kind of support from an employer. Like it's funny yeah. because like, I, I honestly, like there's not exact parallels, but like, I'm also one of those people that I avoided doctors for like decades, like, yeah, you know, and then, you know, I, in the, in the fall, you know, the winter of 2017, uh, was hospitalized with pneumonia. Like, so it was either wow. go to the doctor or die. And <laughs> yeah. my, I, I just, I, I don't chuckle, but I smile because like my, it's, my employer was, you know, phenomenal. Like I, I, I mentioned to someone on a, on a podcast I was interviewed on the other day that like I had a $185,000 hospital bill that I ended up paying $500 out of my pocket for with the insurance that we had. It's the best. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, it's, you know, people talk about like working in different industries and things along those lines. It's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you find you connect it with people that actually care about people. And like, that's always a good thing to hear, you know, what that it's not just all, you know, as much as business is about money, of course it is. Um, there are still, you know, companies that are caring about the people that work for them, you know, so I always, I appreciate hearing 
when someone has an experience like that, especially that that idea that they they cared about your the mental health side of things. Because I think that's something that a lot of a lot of people when they go on a weight loss journey, they don't take into account any of those mm-hmm. challenges. Like I know when I had my first major, you know, not my first, but when I had my big, you know, 300 pound weight loss in 2012, 2013, I did no work on the mental health side. And, you know, I, I paid the price for it. Like, so what really, like, if, if you're okay talking about it, like, I'd like to know kind of what, what do you think really were the, the challenges mentally for you, you know, getting into this journey and that you knew you were going to have to work on to be successful? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't, I love talking about, um, you know, anything from, from the mental health side, right? Cause I think that's the, that's the thing is all of this is the control that you have over your mind. Right. And, um, you know, for me, it, it was always that like, not that it was like you avoided the subject. Right. But it was, you did your best to always like sidestep it, you know, like you, you would just like, take a quick little shoulder and then you would just, you know, kind of move on to the next, to the next subject. But, um, you know, I, I, I had it click for me when I made the realization that like, I do love to the core helping people like, you know, that that's all that I want to do in some way, shape or form. Cause I've always lived, a, not even because I always lived a life of service, but my life always brought me back into that realm, right. Where, where if I could be there for someone at their worst, then, I know that they would be there to celebrate with me at their best, right? And the crazy part was that as my, you know, kind of like my mental began to break down my physical and then, you know, if your physical health starts, you know, is unable to carry your mental, then where are you going, right? Like that's the, that's the, that's the, the wake up call for me is that my physical was just breaking down because of the mental. Um, I got into the scenario where I, I realized like, I got to 33 or 32 years old was when I really started. So I was 32 years old when I started and I was like, you know, that was a great run. It was like 20 some odd years of working in service and doing what you loved, right? Cause it was restaurant work and then it was working for Apple and, um, you know, being like folk people is your main focus. But I kind of ran into that scenario where that's not going to be sustainable for the rest of your life. So if you don't change something, then you're not going to be able to do what you love, which is help people. So if that's the driving force, especially because I was, as you know, you heard, like I was just surrounded by so many people that wanted to help me. It almost became like my responsibility to do it. Like no, no one just says here, like, let me help you. And, and what am I going to brush the hand away? Especially because of the way that I live where I would always want to do that for someone. It was like the universe was just kind of whispering in my ear to say, like, take it. And you're, and you're like, nah, I don't really like to take. It's like, no, take it. And I was like, all right, well, I, I guess I have to, right? If like all these people are trying to help. And, um, you know, like I said, I think that when you want to do amazing things, you have to surround yourself by amazing people. And I just committed to that. Every day that I woke up, I said to myself, you know what? Like, this isn't just for me. Although like I'm the winner at the end, like I'm, I'll be the person that is like, you know, the, the, the benefactor the most, like, like I'm going to benefit the most from all this, but, um, like just continue to do it to like not only just inspire the people that are like directly helping you, which they always love seeing me come in and like, you know, losing that weight. Or, you know, when I went to therapy and the, and the therapist, you know, the great Howard Cohen that I had a chance to work with, he'd be like, yo, that's a breakthrough. You did good, you know? And, and for me, um, you know, once you peel back that first layer um, of your mental health and start to discuss some of the things that you have an opportunity with, then all of a sudden that like one layer, just like, crumbles you like you just get i just got broken like for that first like five six sessions and that was the intention was for him to just break me down right like that's really what he wanted to do is just understand like how deep does it go because 
the reality is, is that like when I boiled it down, that was probably the toughest session is I didn't realize that like I was intentionally trying to like, I don't want to say like kill myself with food, but I was at that point where I didn't realize that that's what the end goal, that's what the end was. Like I was literally trying to do that, not, not subconsciously realizing that's what I was doing because it's like a slow death, right? Like, you know, there's other things that can make it happen quick, but when you like have that moment of realization that you're in a scenario where you're, you're actually killing yourself, you say to yourself, like, why would I do that? Like, what is it that I did to myself to get to that place? And thankfully, when you have somebody there to like listen to you, they're able to help you to understand why you wouldn't want to do that. And then ultimately, it just all clicks. And then, you know, that takes about, you know, 90 days of, you know, kind of like solitude in the beginning where it was almost like a rehab for me. Um, cause all I would really do is I would go to the gym, I would go to the supermarket, I would go to the therapist and I would come home, right? Like that's the only thing I was able to do in the beginning. And, you know, as you get closer to that first like 90 days, then, you know, it's like, well, how am I going to reintegrate into life? Like, what is it that I'm going to do now? Like, you know, to kind of just get over the idea that you could go to the mall without having to get like a Wetzel pretzel or like a, you know, like, or you could, you know, drive home from work and not stop at a drive through or, you, you know, like there's so many complexities of things that you have to like go back and reintegrate into. And um, because I had those resources available to me, it was almost like, you know, hopefully I hacked it in order to be able to, you know, help people that, you know, struggle with it now. But, um, you know, like I said, it's one of those things where the mental is probably, uh, you know, I always say and this is probably the easiest way is the weight mentally is harder to lose than the weight physically. And, um, you know, for me, once I was able to kind of like just manage it, never like conquer it completely, just manage and know how to be able to understand who I am and what I, what my mind is capable of doing, then, uh, you know, that helped to lead me to, uh, to really see the, the benefits of my physical health. Uh, that's fantastic, man. Like it, it, it shows a real development side to it that I think people miss. And isn't it kind of amazing how like we as human beings, like, there, there can be things like our, that are almost like flashing warning signs in front of us, but we ignore them. You know, like you, when you talked about that idea that, you know, you were, you know, not consciously, but subconsciously, you know, eating yourself to death. And, yeah. you know, I, I had that same realization moment. And, it, and it's amazing that you can live for so long and not be aware of it. Like, it's almost like you, you, your brain is so great at creating blinders, like purposeful blinders that keep that realization from coming to the forefront because it knows that if you have that realization that things are going to fundamentally change. Oh, yeah. Like there's there's a power to that realization that like if, if you don't come to it, it's almost like you don't have the ability to kind of make the other changes that you need to, to have happen, especially when you're someone. Because realistically, like there is there's a difference between someone who's got, you know, 30 or 40 pounds to lose that are, that is a hassle in their life and it, you know, can cause problems and cause challenges. And that's really true. But someone that has over 200 pounds to lose is an, is in a different place, you know, is in a different category in terms of life threatening and, you know, development and the impact that it's had on them as a person. And so when you can finally come to that realization that the, those pieces need to click together, like there's something really powerful there. Oh, there's, there's, there's no doubt. Like, you know, and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, just kind of looking at it as, you know, again, we have so many, you know, you need to call it like the, you know, like those, those, what are those specific problems? They're like small problems that we make big where it's like, you know, you talk about that 20 pounds, then, you know, you kind of have that realization when you're, 
even getting down here where I would love to lose this like last 20 by the year, I say to myself, like, you will, you will do it because you're committed to it. But like how, you know, how, what was it like saying that, you know, 10 months ago, or what would it be like saying that to Rich, like, tw you know, 10 years ago when he was here, like, you know, would you ever get to that place? Like I constantly am looking back on like, you know, old Rich saying to yourself like, oh, dude, you could have prevented it. I know why you didn't. Like I totally accept why you didn't get to that place because that's just who you are and that's just how your journey got you to where you are right now. And almost it would be like there's no other way it would happen because I think that's what it is for people is that like the way their minds work is that they kind of have to get to that place in order to then like see the light in order to come down. Some people never get there. Some people have to. They're just... That's just what our lives put in front of us. But the crazy thing about the universe is that like once you truly begin to take care of yourself and, and realize the importance of like making you the 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 real like thing that wins at the end of at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day and throughout it, like then all of a sudden you start to see um, you know, just one good thing happen after the next, uh, in order to be able to not only just, you know, keep you healthy, but keep you happy. One of the other things that as, as your, you know, your approach to your mental health evolved, like your dietary approach evolved over time as well. Like it, it's, it's funny in that, you know, we're talking about a 10 month span. Like it, it yeah. hasn't even been a year yet. It hasn't even been a year yet for you, but there has been some real evolution from that first place of, you know, just portion controlling and then starting to look more, you know, you went into like getting the meals and, and picking, you know, maybe not making the best choices and then moving into like that you know, rice and, and vegetables and, and ground turkey place. And you, your, your food intake continued to evolve as well and your approach to nutrition. Can you, can you take us through that part of your journey? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I would love to. And, uh, you know, when you, when you think about just, you know, the, the two things that come to mind with nutrition for me were always like consistency and preparation, right? So, we hear like meal prep thrown around, but I'm I'm not really like one of those guys who would cook like five or six days. Like, you know, some people cook way out so that the food's always there in case you're hungry type mentality. I kind of like find joy in like slowing down the moment and actually like, you know, preparing the meal. And it's just so much better when it's like fresh and it's made right there in front of you. So, um, you know, throughout the process, I was, I was lucky and I'm not even just have like personal trainers who also like, you know, they take care of themselves physically. They're obviously going to keep an eye on their nutrition from, from some of them. But the crazy thing is that like, you know, for that first really like five, six months um, from like June until the beginning of December, uh, like I said, it was that like low fat, high protein, low carb, um, not low, low, like, you know, cause I was consuming rice and there was a couple of things that I would eat like uh, hummus, things like that. But um, you know, it was uh, way lower than what I was consuming when I was having like pizza and bagels, right? So like that was a big, a big restriction when it came down. Uh, um, for me, I think the big thing was kind of like a commitment to um, to not really eating any sugar, right? Like, um, like refined sugar is where it started, where I didn't have any refined sugar at all, um, which is kind of like what first lended that like sugar-free rich gimmick like my buddy was like yo you're sugar-free you gotta call yourself sugar-free rich i was like all right that, that works you know but um you know it's like yeah that was like branded in like roughly september october which was really funny but um i think through those first like i said for those first six months um it was like you know just eating those like as, as whole foods as possible right and like that's kind of what i learned through that beginning process but 
Um, what happens is, is that I didn't necessarily hit like that plateau, that famous plateau that people talk about. Um, but when I hit like that first hundred pound weight loss from that, like 330 pound mark until like 315, um, it was, it was stalled, right? Like I was with one of my buddies and we, we would hike, uh, we have like Runyon Canyon, which is here in Los Angeles. I live, uh, like re relatively close to it. So it's like a beautiful hike that we would do every day. Right. And, uh, my buddy, uh, he was also on a weight loss journey himself. He's lost about a hundred pounds and I wasn't like a huge dude, but he had some weight that he wanted to lose. So he lost about a hundred and you know, we were hitting that Canyon every day and he would actually do it through uh, a ketogenic diet. Right. And for me, I had heard a lot about keto. Um, and you know, for me, it was one of those things where everybody used to be like, yo, you want to eat hot dogs all day and you're going to lose weight. And I was like, there's no way. What are you talking about? Like, that's like the myth of what someone had told me in the beginning. I was like, it can't be, you know, but, um, his was, um, a program that, uh, you know, he had looked into deeply through, uh, someone by the name of keto savage. I think that he has like a podcast or something, but there's also like a program that it, they have that's like called like the deeper state, the deeper state of keto. Um, and it's like through formulas, right. And things like that, where like, you know, he started bringing up like macros and I was like, yo, I got to tell you, man, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like this was in December. I was like, this sounds like the craziest thing ever. Like what I'm doing is working. Cause I had lost that hundred pounds. And he's like, yo, but you don't understand. Like you could see it starting to like slow down. Right. And I was like, yeah, it, it has actually, you know, and I'm like pushing myself a little bit more and you don't really see the scale move. And you're like, yeah, it might be time to change it up. And um, you know, it was, uh, roughly December, like 16th, um, was, I remember like kind of the first day that I had started and, you know, I was really like avoiding dairy and things like that, like prior. Cause like, remember it was like a low fat diet. And he was like, yeah, what if I told you you could have cheese and you could have some sour cream and you could have it like, and I was like, this is just too good to be true. So I was, you know, kind of committed. I got the food scale. I ordered the cast iron skillet. Cause he was like, yo, these are two like staples you'll need for a keto diet. And um, you know, he kind of guided me through that first week and it was still through Trader Joe's that I got a lot of my stuff, but, um, you know, it was like, you know, very heavy in protein, really heavy in fat. And then I was restricted to less than 10 carbs a day. So less than 10 carbs a day is, is, um, it becomes easy in the beginning. I was like, oh, this is kind of tough. Cause where was I getting it from? I was usually getting it. Like if I had sausage, there's some carbs in sausage, but, um, mostly it was coming from like you know, some vegetables and, you know, some cheese had a little bit in it. But, um, like I said, my fat count basically would start, started higher than protein, right. in my macros. So like by the amount of grams that I was tracking through the weight of the actual food. Um, but I also, uh, not only did I do, um, uh, like a keto diet, I then also shifted to doing like, oh man. So I did one meal a day. So my fasting windows were like, Honestly, I was eating within like a two-hour window, so I was going like 22 hours roughly without food. So I was consuming like 1,800, 1,900 calories in t in a two-hour span. But because I like was a like naturally like an overeater, um, it kind of worked for me. Um, and I had run uh, like that strict keto diet, and then um, I had run uh, which we'll call it. Um, the uh, the OMAD like the one meal a day, um, and I did that until roughly like. March 3rd or 4th of, of this year. So it was about, it was designed to be a 90 day program. So I did it for a little bit over 90 days. And I, and I wanted to, it's funny because when I start, when you, when we connected before the show and you, you, you had sent, you know, the, your notes to me and said that you had done yeah. ESK, like I actually, I know 
you know the creators of the program pretty well and i actually oh, did, I, love that. I did the coaching i i did the dsk coaching like i was coached for over a year so i was at the 10 grams of you know the higher fat ratio the 10 grams of carbs so i know that life really well i know what it, i know what it's like to get mm -hmm. used to and it's funny because like a lot of people when they hear that you're doing 10 grams total carbs and they're like wait total so you can't just say that you can't just have four quest bars and say that there are two two grams yeah. of carbs. <laughs> like no you can't yeah. um but you start to it's it's funny that you start to you know figure out ways to you know how you're going to use your carbs you know and and you were talking it's funny you were talking about sausages like i have other friends you know that have been through the coaching and through the dsk program and we spend so much time talking like oh have you seen this brand because this brand of carbs only has half a carb of sausage or this one, <laughs> this one's really good, but it's worth it. But it's got two grams of carbs of sauce. Like it, it's insane when you start to talk about meat carbs. Um, oh yeah, which is yeah, fun. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it's kind of fun. But then I don't know if you also ran into this because like now I know that you're actually starting to like reintroduce, you know, some more, you know, some fruits and vegetables and things into your life. Like it's almost like it gets harder when you start to raise your carb level because you're so used to those patterns, those lower patterns, and now you're like. Where am I going to fit five grams extra carbs? Like, what am, am I going to have a giant? Am I going to have a salad bowl full of arugula? Like, how am I going to do this? Like, what am I actually yeah, going to make? How am I going to make this? And for a while, for me, it would be like, okay, I'll just add two ounces of onions because that's going to add enough. That's going to add five grams of carbs. You know, I can just add some onion to everything. Like, that's easy. Of course. You know, when yeah, you, yeah, get yeah, that, was... you get to that stress place. But so, you know, what was it like for you to just switch up? Like, Kind of t to big picture a little bit, though, like, so you, you got into, like, working, you know, taking your body onto, like, this ketogenic approach. Like, how did your body respond? And, like, what was it like to change your philo your philosophy that, you know, to food for that amount of time? Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, like, you know, when you think about every meal of your life, because even, like, from starting the process in those first six months of restricting food, but, like, you know, and, and making it really just, like, rice. Like, I wasn't really having any – I didn't have any flour and, like I said, no sugar, no oats, anything like that. Like, the wheat or grain family, like, it was only rice that I was really enjoying. Um, and it was, like, brown rice to start and then it was white rice to start. Like, uh, or white rice is what, like, I ended up shifting to just because the brown rice, like, would, like, sit with me for, like, longer. Like, I felt like I was carrying – I felt like I was carrying it a lot longer than the white rice and – one of the trainers was like, just, just flip it and, you know, see what happens when you eat that jasmine rice. And it was like, this is the best thing ever. Cause it just felt like it was just processing way faster. But, um, imagine every meal you have would consist of carbs. So like that first few meals, like I, I almost felt like when I, <laughs> I joke because it was like the fat was so high and like, you know, you're shifting to use butter more often. And like, you know, you're actually like getting to a point to fill your macros where you're like, my buddy's like, yo, you know, you're going to have to have like butter in your coffee. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like what? And in my mind, and then he's like, no, nah, you can shift it to coconut oil if you want. But like those first like few like, they almost like call it like, like bulletproof coffees or whatever they call it. But like, like the, you put the, uh, you know, you put the butter in it and you're like, I don't know. You put an unsalted butter in there. You're like, I don't know. This is a little nuts. But then I shifted it to coconut oil in the beginning just to fill the macro. And you're saying to yourself, like, you know, I'd be at the gym and it was like, yo, I'm sweating so much. I almost thought that was like a melting stick of butter because of how much uh, how much dairy and everything that I was consuming in the beginning. But um, to me, it was crazy because not only was it like that higher fat, like very high fat, like almost a, like I think when I started, it was like almost 200 grams a day that the program like suggested me to do. And then obviously, like as you go, 
like per week you're trying to find like you know where you're like uh, i can't remember what the term they use was but basically like you're lowering fat increasing protein every week until you find like that window where you're like in that sweet spot and then you can shift yeah you can shift yeah, over they, they the call it the protein phase. the protein threshold right there you go yeah, yeah sorry sorry but um you know as i was navigating through it it was insane because you know my buddy had always suggested me too in the beginning is like try not to eat anything processed right like do what you can i mean sausage is one thing you know but if you get like you know one that's like you know without like nitrates and all that stuff then you're all right but it was crazy because you know you were going shopping maybe like a little bit more often until you found like that core group of ingredients right so there was like a, a group that you lived in and then you were able to just like use these ingredients in different moderations but it almost felt like i was eating like a like a like royalty, you know, like, or like I was eating like a king from back in the day. Cause like, you're just consuming meat and like incredible cheese, right? Like healthy fats. So you were just eating like, you know, just, you know, and you were having nuts and like things that like were just so flavorful. But the thing was, is that like, I also kind of did it, um, you know, in that like sugar-free mentality. I, uh, I didn't have, I didn't introduce like any artificial sweeteners at all either. So not only was it like no sugar, but I also didn't have any like protein bars. I didn't have any, like I just focused on whole natural foods. So like every, every meal like that I ate, I had to cook and since it was OMAD, it was easy because I would just like consume all my calories in one meal. But, um, that was hard. I will tell you it was hard because you, you know, you did find cravings. So, you know, you'd maybe find yourself like, you know, either like taking a nap or maybe going for another walk or, you know. You'd find a way to kind of like, you know, of like sidestep that hunger uh, if it came outside the window for that first couple of weeks. But, um, you know, within that first couple of weeks, too, I kind of hit the uh, keto flu is what they call it. So I didn't make the realization that I, you know, had to take electrolytes. Uh, my buddy had to have, uh, you know, he gave me the recommendation because there was like a first couple of days. I'll never forget where. I would like literally feel like I was like, I had not to say it too much, but I felt like the most like lightheaded feeling. Um, cause my body's like looking for carbs. It's like, where are they? Where, you know, like, what are you doing to me right now type thing? And, you know, cause it's adjusting and, you know, he had like the thing to make sure I was like in ketosis that you like that device that you like blow in to make sure you're there. If it even, if it even works or not, but, um, long story short, um, yeah, it was, uh, an interesting first couple days until you like, get through that initial pass. And then, um, you know, that was up until probably like, you know, if I started on December 16th, really to like the first of the year. Um, and, uh, you know, it was like the first of the year. Uh, I also bought a, a mountain bike cause I had like hit like that 300 pound mark and you have to kind of get under 300 in order to be able to get a mountain bike. So that was like another gift to myself was like this ketogenic diet, which by the way, like I was down to only spending about $80 a week on food. Cause it was all like natural stuff that I was getting without like having too many like snack foods or things like, you know, that would, you'd have get in between and, um, help me to save a ton of money too, which was unbelievable. And, um, you know, going through that, uh, going through that process in the beginning, like I say, it's ribeye steaks cause they're fattier, you know, you're, you're, you're consuming, you know, like I said, just pork, you know, I would eat, I would eat salmon, but then those are tough days and, you know, being able to full macros. So, you, you know, you'd have, uh, you know, get a chance to have some cheese and, you know, some cured meat and, you know, just, uh, you know, just delicious, delicious food. Um, but the big thing for me, I think was that, uh, you know, me cutting out like the artificial sugar led to after those 90 days, like the first time I tasted like a 
like a piece of fruit. It was like just taking me to my knees. You know what I mean? Like I was so blown away by what it tasted like, or even like a sweet potato was like the sweetest thing I ever ate. So like, you know, as hard as it was for me, I knew that, you know, I had to kind of eliminate what cravings that I had, um, you know, through some of those things that like represent that like one gram of sugar, you know, like things that you should be able to have that were on keto. I still kind of avoided um, as long as I could in order to get to a place where, um, you know, I, I could really truly um, like, you know, just cleanse my palate completely so that when I reintroduce some of these foods that um, they would be enough of a fix where I wouldn't have to try to go reach for, you know, protein bars and stuff like that. Cause I definitely sensed before going on keto that I was kind of getting hooked on those. For sure. And so what, where, where are things evolving for you nutritionally now? What, you know, why is now like you're, I know you're reintroducing some foods, like how are you handling that? Like, what is your, what is your plan of attack? Yeah. So, um, you know what, it's, uh, it, it was something instilled in me. Um, someone gave this, like, um, there was a program, what was that whole 30 or something that like someone had shared with me years ago, but it was like a guide that this girl had, had sent to me, um, years ago. And I'll tell you like, not to, I'll bring it back and tell you why it ties in now, but there was like this line in that guide that was so helpful. And she would always reiterate it to me. It's like, you know, if you're going to go to the supermarket, just stay on the perimeter, like stay on the outside of like the, the aisles, you know, like don't go in the middle. Um, cause that's where like naturally all the, all the whole foods are, you know, and, and usually it's, they're all on the outside, but long story short, I think for me, it's like living in that realm where if I could avoid, you know, purchasing, you know, an item that has an ingredient that I can't buy on the shelf, right? Like that's something I'm avoiding, right? I don't want preservatives. I don't want anything that's kind of like a chemical or phony. So, you know, that helps me to kind of rid my addiction because that's what I've learned over this 10 months is that there's something in those ingredients that like will make me crave it when I shouldn't be hungry, right? And um, for me now, it's, uh, you know, when I go to the supermarket, although it's like, you know, a lot going on in the world right now. So it's kind of like, you know, you're not going as frequently, but, um, you know, I'll do my best to try to pull like, you know, any fruit, any vegetable that I can, even if I don't like, even if I don't know, like really what it is, because my relationship with fruits and vegetables prior to like, three months ago, or well, well, sorry, like three weeks ago, literally after starting like, to reintroduce some of these things, like I really didn't eat fruit and vegetables growing up at all, unless they were like cooked in pies, right? I would eat fruit or if it was a vegetable, it'd be like in a soup or something. Like there was just something about a vegetable that, um, especially because I was eating like, you know, fast food and, you know, eating like, you know, really uh, like that, that soul food for so long that like those things just didn't really, um, they didn't uh, like link with me. I didn't, I didn't appreciate what value they'd have. So like, for me to introduce like certain squashes and zucchinis and things like this that like I wouldn't have eaten previously, but now they're like just so flavorful and so delicious. Like, you know, for me, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I'm kind of beginning to like still have the first time like of certain things that I'm eating. And uh, it's like, it's blowing my mind to be honest with you. So for me, it's still living in a realm where I'm like conscious of how much I'm consuming, right? Cause I don't want to get into a place where I begin to like overeat on, on like blueberries or overeat on apple, like things that, uh, you know, um, like fruit that, you know, that contain sugar and things like that. But, um, it's more of just being able to understand how they're going to not only just accompany to make me feel full, but how are they also helping to make me feel right? Cause that was always the feeling like that I'm trying to chase is like when I consume something, or I, you know, perform a physical act, like whatever it is that I'm doing, I just want to know how is it affecting me, 
right? And what will it do to my mental? What will it do to my physical? And uh, as I continue to reintegrate some of these foods and, you know, get creative, right? You could do so many things like spaghetti squash, right? Like you had no idea that I could do these incredible things with some of these vegetables and like butternut squash. You could do like these amazing like dishes that like resemble things that, um, you know, are, are like generally considered like unhealthy, but they're a little bit better when you, when you obviously have a vegetable instead of like flour and things like that, that, uh, you know, just don't work well with my body. Um, for me, it's just kind of, uh, resetting there. And to be honest with you, the results, especially cause that you can, I'll continue to do cardio and, you know, keep after my physical health. Um, I'm definitely in that realm where as I introduce these foods, um, into my diet, it's just been, um, <laughs> It's been like just the best feeling ever over these last three weeks. And moving forward, I think as I begin to, you know, kind of notice what it does, not even to just the scale, but like I said, just how I feel, um, then I'll know that those will be a part of my diet um, and, and my lifestyle moving forward. That's awesome. Man. That, that, and, and so something we've talked about a couple, you know, we've, we've said it a couple of times, but we haven't really talked about it. <clears throat> so as of just, you know, recently, you're 200 pounds down. Yeah, uh, about four or five days ago. Yeah, yeah. So, like, literally within this past week, you you've crossed <laughs> a, a major, like, a truly amazing milestone. So, congratulations, first of all, obviously. Truly, um, thank you. Especially, you know, I, I I think, you know, obviously, I almost feel like I want to flash a disclaimer on the screen. Like, your your results <laughs> may vary. Like, obviously, not every person yes. is going to lose two hundred pounds in ten months. You know, no. and have that have the resources and opportunities to be able to kind of give the focus that you clearly were able to give, which I think is fantastic. And oh, yeah. you obviously are doing a lot to save your life, and that's really, really great to hear, man. And like, what I'm curious about, like, is so if thinking about like you know, rich now and rich 200 pounds ago, like, what are the major changes in your life that that stick out to you the most as you cross that milestone? Yeah, I, I think. Um... You know, it really revolved around like the mental, right? So like the physical health part is almost like I like guess routine and then, you know, your nutrition can come uh, routine for me because I have like almost like an addictive personality. So those things like kind of make it easy because you know they work. So just stay in that realm. But my mental can float around, right? And, um, you know, for me, I think I was kind of, uh, you know, always in this like, battle in my mind. There's like the good versus evil, right? There's like the side that says, do this. But then the other side's like, nah, you really want to do this, right? Like, and, um, you know, for me, I think when there's conflict in my mind, um, and 10 months ago, you know, there was a, there was a lot of it and there still is every single day. Like I'm always going to have some type of conflict. Um, my strength with people was always conflict management. So channeling that internally in my mind, right? I had to understand that, like, even though it's good versus evil, or there's like a side that's trying to force itself to win over that one side that knows that this is better for me. Um, it's just managing the conflict, right? So the good side now is able to go over to the bad side and say, hey, if we do this, eventually it's going to affect you to a point where you can't exist, you know? Like, so for me, it's all like mental, you know, and, and, you know, through meditation and, um, you know, me being able to truly be able to say like, this is what I'm capable of, right? Like I, I am more aware now of what I can and can't do. Um, that's going to keep me, uh, to be the healthiest version of myself. Um, as opposed to just, you know, allowing that balance to not sway to the either side, right? Cause it was either I was living in a scenario where I was like fully, you know, off, 
you know, like off the rails type, right. Or like, you know, just kind of, you know, out of control with my habits. Or I even found myself through this, you know, last 10 months where I'd be like so restrictive that, um, you know, I'd find myself in a scenario where maybe I wouldn't eat and they'd call it like fasting, you know, like, but really it was not like the best thing. Cause you might not eat. So now it's like, you know, after you've seen yourself go through, like, even if it's one experience on either side, it's just, how do I maintain balance, you know, and, and balance just starts with knowing really what you're capable of. So, um, you know, what I'd always say to, you know, to old rich or, you know, to, you know, the, the version of myself that, um, you know, I, I cherish to this day because it allowed me to make the realization that I needed to be this version to be the best version of myself is that like, you know, just try not to allow so much to, you know, kind of drag you down, just realize there's a lot to, to, to push you forward, you know? And, um, for me, it was one of those things where, uh, I needed I needed the help of people around me, and that comes expected when you're surrounded by people, right? Like I was never alone, like fully able to help someone who needed my help. I had to rally others around that 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 person in order to be able to allow them to to find the success that they were looking for, whether that was personally or professionally. Um, but it was one of those things where I just needed it. I just had to ask. So, you know, my message to myself would be, you know, when you need help or you're looking for support, just remember there's a lot of people out there that that want to actually do good in the world. And it's not really all about like this selfishness and the things that we kind of like, you know, glamorize in this world that we live in today, that there are a lot of really good people that want to help um, others to, to be the best versions of themselves. It's just a matter of trusting enough that you could find those people that want to do that for you. And so, Rich, knowing where you're at now, what comes next? What are the challenges that are that are ahead of you now? Well, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in the world, which is which is one. So, you know, for me, it's one of those things um, where, uh, you know, I kind of like I always look at it as I, I kind of got a head start. Right. So me beginning this journey and having some of these like moments of isolation and things like that have led me to, um, you know, being able to kind of like exist in this world now um, because I could still exercise. I could still go to the supermarket. I could still kind of live in that realm. Um, Not a lot was really like almost taken from me at at this moment in time. But I think for me, what it comes down to is the awareness that like, you know, through the process, I never really believed that I was doing like, I never even believed that I was doing it right. Like you, you know, you'd hit a hundred pounds. You're like, Oh wow, this is amazing. You know, it's like kind of a great feeling, but you're like, ah, you're going to screw it up. You know what I mean? Or then you like, you know, you kind of keep moving and you get to that 150 and you're like, ah, you know what? You're going to screw it up. But then, you know, kind of that 200 mark was that moment where I was like, you know what? When I get there, I'm going to believe it. Like for the first time, maybe throughout the process, not even just by the way that I looked, because, you know, you see some images and you're like, damn, you know, like you're a big guy, you know, but it was one of those things where um, I kind of looked at it as, you know, moving forward for me, I know that like, I don't think I'd ever really want to be like a trainer, like a personal trainer, but I definitely know that nutrition saved my life, right? So how can I begin to study up and, you know, you know, we're living in a world now where we do have time, right? Which is, which is beautiful. And how do I begin to really invest my energy in understanding like the, the facts of nutrition and, and really base it off of what I existed through? Cause like you said, there's a, there's a lot of resources that made that weight loss possible. And the disclaimer is like, you know, you could exist and do exactly what I did every single day for 10 months and you might not lose that much, right? There's just some factors in the way that bodies work that, you know, might take you a little bit longer. But for me, it really just comes down to wanting to really kind of have an understanding of, 
you know, how nutrition affects different people. And then ultimately, how do I begin to share the knowledge that not only I've acquired through my own journey, but how do I help to continue to share a message that like, you know, if you focus on your physical health, your mental health and nutrition, right, make that the priority every single day, like the top priority that you'll see start to see miracles happen to you every single day. So for me, it's just kind of continuing to share the message of what I've been through because I have to tell you, like hitting that 200 really allowed me to actually believe that and, and not to mention the 200, but the idea that we're existing in a world now where at any point, clearly something could, you know, change the way we have to exist. And, you know, I'm going to make sure that my health is always kind of maintained through, um, you know, the rest of my life just because I don't know what is going to come from the world. So I have to be prepared for it in every way that I can. I love it, man. And I think that's a solid perspective that people need to hear especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. You know, we're recording this in April of, of 2020 for anyone who's listening, you know, months down the line. Hopefully things are different then. Um, but there, there's just a lot going on, you know, that is challenging for people. So I think that perspective is something that's really healthy and is a good way for anyone to look at, you know, what they're facing in front of them. So I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that with me. And uh, 100%, 100%. And I definitely, I, I appreciate you taking us through your journey today, Rich. Like you really have, shown you know the the growth that you've been able to make just over this past 10 months like i think it's a, it's incredibly impressive and I, i'm really excited to see you know what the next 10 months bring for you and the 10 months after that like there's there's a lot still to come i think in, in your story and so i i'm excited to to check in with you at this milestone but i i'm 100 percent certain that you know there's still more you know exciting things to come so is there any part of your journey today that we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about yet, man, or something you wanted to, to share with the listeners that you haven't gotten to talk about? Um, no, I think for me, the, the, the only thing, and I, I touched on it before, and you know, I know it's like the hardest thing because it's, you know, it's generally the most convenient food that you could find is you know, something that's going to contain like whether it's you know, like artificial or real sugar. But um, I can tell you right now that like, even if it's just, you know, like 30 days, 60 days of just trying, right, to live in a, in a realm of, you know, kind of just monitoring, you know, how much of that stuff you intake. And if you could just maybe eliminate it completely. I know it's going to sound crazy because it's like, oh, how can you take fruit, fruit out of your life? How can you take certain like, you know, things like that away? It's not how you get vitamins, all that. It's like, I can tell you right now that like, when I shifted into that keto diet and like really left the preservatives behind, the artificial sugar, behind, all that stuff, like, I can tell you right now that like it boosted, like I know they're talking about immune systems now, but I'm just saying like, I would joke about this with my buddy even before all this happened is like not a sniffle, not a sneeze, not a cough. Like it was insane how like strong my immune system was like through living without any of those things affecting it, you know? And um, it kind of brings you back to like the lifestyle of people like, you know, if you went back like, you know, 200 years ago, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are they living? You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, thinking about that, it's like people have existed for a very, very long time not consuming these things. And I'm not saying it's like a bad thing or not. It just for me, this is what worked because not only did it help to like keep my like addiction to them um, in, in, in line, but I think the bigger thing was it's like really just how you feel. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, like shifting into that ketogenic diet and like existing in a realm of like true natural whole foods, like it's it, it's it's the way to go it just allows you to really um it really allows you to kind of uh you know just keep your body feeling and 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 living as healthy as it possibly can 
Well, I, I'm 100% right there with you, man. I think that makes a lot. That's a lot. Makes a lot of sense, and I think it's something that people should definitely try. You know, yeah, just try. They, even if they think know? it's not yeah. possible, like take take that 30 days and like cut those things out. Especially if it's something you feel like you have trouble controlling. You know, giving your giving yourself that chance to. You know, it's that whole idea of abstinence versus maintenance. Like sometimes there are times where abstinence is a really powerful tool, especially if it's something you have trouble controlling. So Absolutely. It's, that's a, it's a good way to look at it, man. I think that's that's really, really a, a great, you know, final message there for people is just, you know, just to drive dive in and, and give it a try and see what happens. Um, so, Rich, one of the things that, that I do is I end every episode with five questions I call the, the fat guy five. Are you ready for your questions? Fire off. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, man. So for up first, number one, living or dead, tell us who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, Chris Farley. There we go. There we go. Question number two, thinking back to your, like, you, you, you talked about a lot of the foods that you ate when you were bigger, man, but thinking back to those days, what would you say is your quintessential fat guy meal? Uh oh wow um sorry uh pizza pizza and pasta all all day pizza and pasta yeah when you when you said baked ziti earlier a little bit of my heart fluttered I was like oh <laughs> I haven't I haven't thought about that in a long time and now I have thanks exactly thank you there yeah you yeah there you go. I appreciate that I appreciate that uh question number three man so you started to really talk about this a little bit but I. Thinking if there's someone out there who is in your shoes 10 months ago, what is your number one piece of advice to help them get their journey started? Consistency, preparation. Just commit to those things. Just be aware that you have to be consistent, not only in, you know, just getting out and moving every day, but um, consistent with yourself and, and checking in with yourself. And then obviously just, uh, you know, keeping after what it is that you eat and what you consume. Cause a lot of those meals are going to be the same every day. That's why I say the consistency. Um, but I would say just stay consistent and stay, stay, um, stay prepared. There we go. Question number four, Rich, what book podcast, YouTube channel, influencer person, do you recommend people check out if they need motivation? Uh, Dusty lost 300 pounds. There we go. Yeah, and it's good. Easy. to yeah, and, and it's good that he's back more now. You know, like he's, yeah, that's what I was gonna he's say. Yeah, little, he, he, he took a little, little sabbatical, but, but you know, you he's, he's definitely back. He's definitely back. So definitely check out Dusty. And question number five, man, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not weight, health, or fitness related? Well, it might be tough to do it, but uh, I I desperately want to travel. I want to um, I, 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 I want to get out and, uh, and, and go see. Um, honestly, I would love to go to like Japan. That's one of the top of my list. And I would want to go to, uh, to Turkey. I want to go to Istanbul really bad. So I would be to travel. Um, the hard part is I don't know if that's actually going to be possible. But if it's not, you said it's not fitness related. It's not, what, what were the three things again? Not, not weight loss, health or fitness related. So something outside of that general yeah. what we've already been talking about i i think that's yeah. a good goal man and i i think you know there there's there's times where we need to keep hope alive so yeah you, you know, better believe I've, it i've got some own my some travel plans of my own that i'm i'm, I'm keeping keeping that that fire burning for you know i really want to get to ireland soon so you know we'll i i have no doubts that eventually 
excuse me, we will eventually find ourselves, you know, getting on those planes. So you better believe I, it. I like I like it, man. I like it. So, Rich, if anyone out there listening wants to connect with you and follow your journey and, and reach out and, and talk to the sugar free rich himself, what is the best way for them to find you, man? Uh, it'll be through Instagram. I have a YouTube channel that I'm going to be starting to get going over the next couple of weeks, but um, on Instagram, sugar free rich. And like I said, just reach out any questions you have, anything, um, you know, that you're looking for uh, support wise. I'm, I'm, I'm always doing my best to try to be able to get back to everybody that, uh, you know, kind of wants to celebrate the journey, but also has questions about where to begin. There we go, man. I'm sure that some people will reach out to you after this and that even if they just follow along to see what, you know, when you get that channel launched, I think that'll be awesome. So absolutely rich. I just want to say a big thank you again for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time. Like, like we mentioned, you know, we, we got you up bright and early out there on the West coast to, to record. So I definitely appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Well, ev- Definitely. Definitely, man. Thank you. And everyone out there, you of course know, you can find me on Instagram as well at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. On Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And hey, my friends, you know, we're still in that quarantine time. So, you know, I always say go out and do something amazing today. But hey, even if you need to stay in, do something amazing today to amaze yourself because you, I, I said it a hundred times, but you're amazing people, my friends. We will catch you again real soon on the Fat Guy Forum. 